0: That as an adult, I'd become this person of layers of coats that I was now wearing in order to forget who I actually was and what I actually like in order to be acceptant. Because acceptance trumps personal preference. Fitting in somehow began to trump standing out that blending now trump's uniqueness and i think when it came down to it, it was all to avoid rejection and judgment hi i'm kirsten leo and this is the light path podcast brought to you by the I am passionate about exploring energetic practices, spiritual principles, healing modalities, and connecting to the experience and wisdom of others to illuminate our paths and live at our greatest capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love. And welcome back to the podcast where today I kind of want to think out loud with you on a really, really ever-evolving, important topic in all our lives, and that is... The power to, the courage to, the expanding into being ourselves. And what's really sparked this in me is actually cosmically what is going on. For those of you that follow along in the Moon Membership, you will know that the lunar nodes have had this huge shift a couple of weeks or a few weeks ago now. And over the next 18 months, what we will individually each be focusing on is who we are as individuals and being brave enough to expand into our individualism and expression of that and then conversely how that actually works within the magic the community and the really working together of the whole And so when you're an individual, how does that work in connection with others? And definitely as a society, you know, we're seeing it so drastically um, that when people are actually showing up as a full expression of themselves, how does society react, respond and celebrate that and use it to its advantage as opposed to everyone conforming and being the same. And, you know, I know that right now and over the last couple of weeks, the Barbie movie has been a huge point of controversy because it's really challenging the patriarchy. And I think that there's so many layers to that movie. I mean, it is brilliant. There is so many layers and thought-provoking aspects to that movie. But really one of the aspects that I haven't talked too much about is the fact now that reflecting upon it, how much the patriarchy really allow, um, you know, glorifies conformity, and doesn't actually necessarily celebrate the individual strengths and talents and flavors of everyone involved, and have that create a community that works together, where no one is necessarily better than anybody else? but we're all celebrated for what we have to offer. So for those of you who have seen the movie, you know, in Barbie land, all the Barbies are kind of going on doing their things. You have Supreme Court Barbie, you have Teacher Barbie, you have all the different Barbies, and they're all just contributing to society with their strengths and their talents and their own unique flavors. And as a result, everyone is just happy and celebrated. And no one, there's no like hierarchy necessarily in terms of every, you know, people being better than anybody else, that everyone's just celebrated for being themselves. And how in society, maybe... We haven't necessarily caught up with that because I think being yourself takes a lot of bravery and I think it takes a lot of bravery because sometimes showing up as the full expression of yourself is really hard and I think it's hard for quite a number of reasons. I think it's hard because we have spent so long in our experience and in our conditioning masking conforming and contorting our truth to be accepted and to conform because we've likely at some stage of our lives in some aspect of it if not multiple stages and aspects been rejected or put down or made fun of for being ourselves and so we learn quite at a tender young age it's not safe Or pleasant to do so and when someone is themselves how do we describe them like those people that you know in your life that really do show up in their authenticity that really do show up as fully themselves and often they're described as things like quirky unique weird And I think that although the intention behind the description might not be judgmental, it feels really judgmental. Those words have this undertone of, ew, not me, or, ooh, I wouldn't want to be perceived like that. I think there was many times in my past that if I had been considered unique or quirky, I would have been so ashamed of that. Now, I think age is on my side a little bit, where now I would absolutely embrace that. But I think what I would love to see is my younger self having embraced that. And in some aspects of my life, I absolutely did. That I was uniquely me and in terms of what I knew what was best for me or my preferences, and I stuck to that. But as humans... We can't get away from the fact that we've either got this preference towards or been conditioned to, I'm not really sure, um, that we love to categorize people. We love to put people in categories so that we can understand them, so that we can conceptualize them, so we can figure out really quickly whether they're one of us or not one of us. You know, things like geeks, you're sporty or you're a jock or you're arty or you're cool. All of this kind of stuff really starts to come up in adolescence and how often is it brought through? I found that one of the most fascinating things about being a teacher, especially being a teacher in really affluent areas, and I was – that's just kind of how my career panned out. I didn't plan it like that. But I taught in a, a number of different areas where um, people were very financially advantaged. Let's put it that way. And what I noticed was especially with the women, but this is no, by no means – um, kind of dedicate just them because I would see it amongst the dad just, just as much, but observing the mothers. And so I used to teach the majority of my years in classrooms was spent in kindergarten classrooms. And so what I would really notice in that first term was these mothers turning up to school with their little ones, often for the very first time, they're entering this whole new phase of their life and how it became about social order and pecking and groups, and cliques amongst grown-ass women with children themselves, and then how this would filter down into the children and their preference for friends that they made. It was constantly fascinating to watch, and even the arguments that would go on, the Oh, it, uh, the story, maybe I should write a book. I mean, the stories I could tell. There is kind of a similar book out there like it, uh, where it kind of, you know, paints the life of the schoolyard mums. But it's it was really fascinating that even in adulthood, we're still perpetuating these groups or these judgments. And the need to conform, the need to be accepted was so strong and so important for survival, really, and so that we had a social group or people to rely on. But I feel there is a massive shift happening. With the lunar node shifting, it is going to be for the next 18 months at least, us figuring out, wait a minute, who am I as an individual? What is it that I want for myself? And then how do I show up in community and in society and have that enhance the tapestry of where I live and who I surround myself with, as opposed to me dulling parts of myself, denying parts of myself, or even putting on so many different masks in order just to fit in. And it reminded me of one of the most I mean, this book is full of beautiful passages, but my absolute favourite text, A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. If it is not something that you have read, I would really encourage you to read it. And in, well, let me see which chapter I am in. I'm on page 188 of my copy of the book, but there are so many different, um, I guess, versions of this book. But I'm in chapter seven. So it says... We can't fake authenticity. We think we need to create ourselves, always doing a paced-up job on our personalities. That is because we are trying to be special rather than real. We're pathetically trying to conform with all other people trying to do the same. A tulip doesn't strive to impress anyone. It doesn't struggle to be different than a rose. It doesn't have to. It is different. And there's room in the garden for every flower. You didn't have to struggle to make your face different than anyone else's on earth. It just is. You are unique because you were created that way. Look at little children in kindergarten. They're all different without trying to be. As long as they're unself consciously being themselves, they can't help but shine. It's only later, when children are taught to compete, to strive to be better than others, that their natural light becomes distorted. And I can absolutely vouch for that, having spent many years in rooms with vibrant little independent, unique five-year-olds that I absolutely loved, loved spending time with them because they were uniquely themselves. Like the kid that would burst through the door and just be like, Miss Leo, I found a stick. Or the kid that would come in and go, I researched hippopotamuses last night and did you know hippopotamuses? Scan? And they didn't, they could not have cared less what anyone else thought of them. They were just into what they were into. They were like, look at me, I can do this, or look at, hear this, I've discovered that. And it was just always such a fun, dynamic place to be, and a very inspiring place to be. Yet, it's also a sad place to be, because somewhere along the line, you realize that as an adult, I'd become this person of layers, of coats, that I was now wearing in order to forget who I actually was and what I actually like, in order to be acceptant. Because acceptance trumps personal preference. Fitting in somehow began to trump standing out. That blending now trumps uniqueness. And I think when it came down to it, it, was all to avoid rejection and judgment. And so this shift that we're all considering deeply on the inside at the moment on, well, what does it mean to be myself? And I think for us adults, and this is something that kids don't have to learn and unlearn, that the process of being yourself Is a dual process. It's a process of unlearning and a process of recovering. So it's a process of unlearning all the things that we have become because we felt we had to be. And then it's the the dual process alongside of that of uncovering or relearning the truth of our authenticity. Like when was the last time you sat down and thought to yourself, wait a minute, what is it that I do really like? What kind of hobbies really sing to my soul? How is it that I actually genuinely love spending my time? Who do I love being in social situations? A joke amongst a very dear friend of mine is I think sometimes I maybe can be to myself. And so when we would walk into social settings, she would joke and she would say, just blend, just blend in. And I don't think that comes from a place of her not liking my authenticity because obviously she was my friend, so she didn't have to be there. So, But it was more of a place of that fear of that judgment and that fear that when we are authentically ourselves, we may not be accepted. But the truth is, there are many, many, many people out there that are not going to accept you and not going to like you and essentially reject having you as part of their life tapestry. And the flip side to that truth is that there are a lot of people out there that you are going to not choose to be part of your life tapestry. And you know what? That's okay. Conversely, there are a lot of people out there that, if you turned up in your authenticity, would absolutely love it, would absolutely celebrate it, and would absolutely enjoy the vibration, the personality, the quirks that you hold. And there are many people out there that will do that for you. But I think what Marianne Williamson said there is interesting in that we're all trying to wear masks and fit in and conform. So we're all constantly guessing basically what mask that other people are wearing or other people expect us to wear. And no one is actually authentically turning up as themselves. So then doesn't it stand to reason that any connection that we have under this circumstance isn't authentic? That any connection that we have under this circumstance is so tentatively balanced upon these unwritten and unspoken rules and laws of that conditioned connection? I don't know about you, but that is not the connection that I desire in my life at all. It's not the connection I desire with others and it is certainly not the connection that I desire to have with myself. But learning who I am authentically is a process and it's a continual process, not just because of the past, but because of the future and who I'm becoming, that actually who I authentically am is always evolving anyway. And so the complex task of unlearning All these masks that I have adopted to fit in and to be accepted, and uncovering the truth and celebrating that and feeling confident in that goes alongside with my continual evolving, anyway. So I think we can all just kind of step back and accept that it's all a big mess, and that's beautiful. That is interesting. That is exciting. That is variety being the absolute spice of life. It's not the external things that need variety, it's the internal variety that we can embrace to have a rich, exciting experience on the daily. So being yourself, as I said at the start, comes with a lot of bravery. So here are some tips I've got for that, or the tips I try to remind myself of. Ultimately, each and every one of us has zero control over what other people think of us zero a lot of us put a lot of effort into trying to control the perception of us I mean social media need I say more (laughs) but think about how you do that on a daily basis I'm going to smile at that person so they think I'm nice instead of I'm going to smile at that person because I genuinely just want to smile at that person I'm going to be polite and courteous because that is what I've been taught to do. Not I'm going to be polite and courteous because that other human being is just as wonderful as me and worthy of my polite, courteous and kind nature as every other human being is. The intention behind it is so different and then hence the execution of it is so much more dynamic when it is aligned with authenticity and love. You have to also be kind of really honest with yourself and admit that other people's opinions of you have actually become more important than the opinion that you have of yourself. I recently, well, not recently, actually, um, coming up to a year ago now, decided that um, a rebrand of the Light Path Collective was appropriate, and as part of that, I had to do something that I had been avoiding doing, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, which is this huge photo shoot. And I did talk about this on the episode I did with the photographers that I had for that photo shoot. And look, it's not something I'm comfortable with. I'm not really an out there, like look at me person, um, which is ironic considering that, like, literally, I'm out here talking um, publicly now. Uh, it's just not in my nature. And I think it's conditioned. <laughs> a lot of that is conditioned. Like don't be bright, don't be big, all of that kind of stuff. Um, stay safe, kind of stay small, but be successful, but stay small. Oh my gosh, like we need to go back to the Barbie movie to like really do that. Um, America Ferrera's um, monologue on how hard it is to be a woman, but I just think it, th- th- not necessarily just um, restricted to the experience of being a woman either. A lot of that is probably true for men as well. I don't know. I'm not a man. I'm speaking, I'm just guessing for their experience. But part of this is like, I had to do this photo shoot and, and I did it. And it was, it, I guess it was an empowering experience. I was still kind of processing it. And I woke up the next morning to this email from someone who had used a, um, anonymous email address, which is so gutless. And I just rolled my eyes at that immediately. I was like, Oh God, if you're going to troll me then at least put your face behind it. And, um, basically it was this like really brutal, <laughs> nasty, like nasty email about who do you think you are you look this way that way and it was nothing to do with how I looked it was actually just my business they hadn't even seen this and it stopped me in my tracks and I had to make this really conscious decision then is someone is a stranger's opinion of me going to be more important than my own and of course my ego was a bit like ouch but I think that I was strong enough in that moment to rise above that. And same can be true. um, So for example, when people go through breakups, you know, talking recently a friend through a breakup of hers and she just felt so rejected and brought up all these insecurities for her. And I was a bit like, whoa, you're giving him a lot of power. (laughs) You're giving this guy a lot of say over your worth and who you are. And I don't think anyone deserves that. And it was so interesting to observe that moment in someone else who, because obviously I had been through it a million times before too, and how quick we are to give away our power to somebody else, to somebody else's opinion, when actual fact, we don't know why they have that opinion. That opinion speaks way more to them than it does to us. But also, I think it makes us face the fact that we also judge others. (laughs) So if we're making other people's opinions more important than our own about ourselves, then how quick are we to judge others, to put others down, to maybe position them in a way in our minds that makes us feel better? How much are we participating in that from the other side, whether we're doing that publicly and vocally or not, we're just doing it internally. I think it's really important to look at these things and to see how we're perpetuating that as well, and how that actually isn't serving us. It's a false sense of uh, security, it's a false sense of worthiness for ourselves. Because if we're in a position where we're having to judge others, or contextualize others, or categorize others for who they are, then that again speaks way more about us. If other people's uniqueness are triggers to us, then we have to look at what that hurt is within ourselves, not anything to do with them. And if our uniqueness triggers others, we can then also say that has nothing to do with me and everything to do with them. And then we can also look at where other people's uniqueness we actually feel inspired by and expanded by, and how ours also does that to other people as well. Being ourselves, I told you, is a very multifaceted, multi layered experience. But I think being ourselves and really expanding in our authenticity, really embodying our authenticity, even just knowing what it is, is where all the work. All the healing potentially, or the opportunities for healing potentially lie. And I'm not talking here about being yourself at the cost of anybody else's peace or happiness. So I just wanna preface that. That's really what I want to, you to know, that this is about being you in a way that contributes to the wider society that doesn't necessarily take it away and I think I completely agree with Marianne Williams one of Marianne Williams's most favorite quotes she included in her book a return to love which is actually how she's interpreted a passage from the course of miracles in that I doubt that any of our authenticity and the fear of embodying it is necessarily driven by rejection And I think it's more driven by our fear of what it means to be fully ourselves and for that to be brilliant enough. And a lie that we may have been subconsciously perpetually dealt that there isn't enough room for everybody to sparkle when we know that there is. There's enough room for every flower to grow and to be their beautiful, unique self in the garden. And plenty of bees to come and admire and gravitate to the flowers that are the preference for them. So I'm going to end this podcast with this quote. I'm sure you've heard it before. But it is one of my absolute all-time favourites. And it is again from A Course in Miracles by Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small doesn't serve the world. There's nothing enlightened As we're liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. If you have any thoughts on today's episode, I would love to hear them. Uh, Comment below on the podcast. A review uh, would be great. A written review would be great on the podcast. But for now, I just leave you with So much love and encouragement for you to embrace your authenticity and uniqueness and go and contribute your light to the world. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Light Path Podcast. I hope that the information shared here has helped illuminate your path. Be sure to check out the show notes for links related to this episode While you're there, remember to subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss an episode. I'm Kirsten Leo, and I can't wait to explore and expand our capacity for abundance, worthiness and love together in the next episode.